Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning to you. I don't know the rest of the words. Good morning. Good morning to you. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning to you. Let's all drink coffee together. Morning. Good morning to you. Jews. Jew. And Jew. And Jew. And Jew. And Jew. Hey. 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 <laughs> oh uh, how are you oh i'm good i'm all in purple i love how in purple you are mug i didn't really plan it that way but this was the mug that my sister gave me from- oh my god totally the best aunt ever oh i like i say aunt i usually say aunt but yeah aunt <laughs> what's well, like aunt the oh, aunt i do not have children of my own but my Little nephew Noah, who is like the cutest thing in the world. I am totally biased. Yes, um, yeah. He gave me this mug. I know he's only a year and a half, but he's got good cool. taste. Good taste and color theory. Yeah, it's good. Amazing. Um, we probably should already introduce our guest that's coming on. Yes, and you take it away. I will. So we are going to be talking with um, a. We're friends. Like, we don't know each other very well, but we went to high school together. Um, and we both went to, I don't know if she graduated from there. I actually want to ask about that. But I went to a private Jewish high school um, by the name of King David High School. And I chose to go there. Hmm. Worst, worst decision ever. But I chose to go there for a year. And I actually went on the precipice because a good friend of mine who was Jewish was there and so i thought hmm, maybe i'll connect with other people and have a good experience and though yeah. academically it was actually the strongest year where i made not honor roll or not like whatever i or on a, but i made honorable mention wow which was great so i actually made honorable mention and then it went downhill from there but yeah. um anyway my point is, is that one of my classmates shana kumont uh was someone that i always really loved and that she in a very different way for me, was kind of a bit of a misfit and did everything in a way that people didn't really see, in my opinion, this is my perception, we can ask her, people didn't take her seriously or see her in a way where she was really um, going to be something that people would mm. really, th- really think about, right? Like if you looked in the yearbook, you'd be like, oh, you know, most likely to do blank. I'm curious what people would say. And what I'm really proud of Shayna for is that Shayna is vibrant, bubbly, wholehearted, genuine, just such an incredible human being. And so she is someone that is um, now an established, one of the top 20 makeup artists in Vancouver. Wow. And is the creator of her own freelance business, Voila, like French, Voila Lounge, V-O-I-L-A Lounge. That's her Instagram handle, so give her a follow. And she also has a lot of experience in different um, areas of um, aesthetics and cosmetics and things like that. And so one of the things she does love to do that I see on her Instagram is uh, lash artistry. Mm. So we'll talk a little bit about lashes. We'll talk a lot about the different forms of makeup and the makeup industry itself. And also how she embarked on that journey from when she and I kind of lost our connection after high school. Right. Does she do, does she do makeup and film? I wonder. It wouldn't wouldn't surprise me. 
as I don't know if everyone knows this, who is not Canadian or specifically not from British Columbia, but Vancouver is known as Hollywood North. I think she's done, she's definitely done fashion and beauty and wedding. I know that hmm. for sure. So we can ask her about that. And that's kind of one of the things I like about some of the guests that both of us bring on is that we know of these people either personally from parts of our life and then we see what they're up to, but we don't always keep in touch with them. And so the podcast has been a kind of interesting platform to kind of actually reconnect with these people, even after we interview them, like to actually see them in person or rekindle these friendships and then to see how they've really built their own path. Um, Absolutely. So I have nothing but positive and incredible memories about Shana. Um, Lots of memories that I remember just thinking this person is such a ray of light. And I feel like, the two of us, because we live close to each other in downtown Vancouver, uh, we've been trying to connect actually in person in the last, in 2020, we tried to, and it, we just never could link up. But anyway, she's seems, really amazing. That's awesome. That seems like the uh, the quote of 2020. Could not, yeah. just couldn't do it. There's so many people, I mean, and there's so many wonderful people that have been on the podcast whom we've never met in person. Actually, I'd say the majority, excuse me, the majority of people we've never met in person. That's why it's been interesting to embark on a podcast journey such as this. Whereas people that podcast previous, they were able to, you know, be in a studio or be with their co-hosts or, you know, actually meet these person, these people, excuse me, face to face and have them in. So, um, you know, be, it'll be interesting, you know, when here, when I can actually do some of that potentially in the future mm-hmm. and just to see what the conversations, like how different maybe the conversations end up being. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I think so for sure. It'll definitely make a difference in the impact of how all those things connect, you know, and I think it'll be really neat mm-hmm. to see how that develops. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, Shana, I'm very much looking forward to virtually meeting her. <laughs> yes. She is honestly one of the most gorgeous like she literally is a Shana Punim, like not to be stereotypical in in Hebrew, but like beautiful face. She is so beautiful. So that's something that I don't think I even knew. So Shana actually means beautiful. To my knowledge, it means beautiful. Means? Yes. Okay. I'm looking that up actually. Beautiful or precious. Precious. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what your, does, oh, well, I know you changed your name, but do you know what your birth name meant or means? I think my birth name translates, one of the meanings is warrior, which is actually quite Ooh. powerful. Yeah, warrior, which is really powerful. And you're totally right. So Shana does mean beautiful or lovely. Lovely, yes. Yes, yes, name, yes. Yiddish origin. Um, my name means something like a sheep. Really? <laughs> something like that. Like Rachel means sheep? Yeah, Rachel, the name Rachel is a girl's name of Hebrew origin, meaning you, like E-W-U. Oh. Yeah. Really? Nothing super, super exciting there. Although um, in the Old Testament, because Rachel was actually Jacob's favorite wife. Yes, he did have a couple of wives. Yeah, I know. That player, that player, that player. And well, what's interesting is a couple wives were the names of my two given names. Oh, really? Rachel Leah. That's true. Yeah. Right. Right. Yes. Yeah. So, you know. Oh, it's too funny. I know. Um, I'm just, I'm just messaging Shanda saying, are you coming? Because 
um, I asked, I, I, I texted her last night and said, Hey, like so excited to talk to you and to connect with you. And she said, so is this a FaceTime thing? Is this uh, this or that? And so I said, well, no, like Rachel sent you a zoom information. So just when in the email, the link to the meeting is in your email. So you never get the email. No, she got it. She got it. Cause she's like, Oh yeah, that's right. So I just texted her just to say, are, are you, are you she's coming? a busy woman. Yeah, she's busy. She and she just said yes. And she says yes. I'm 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 coming. So she'll be on any moment. She's a she's a busy lady. Sometimes with these emails, though, you never know if they go to junk or oh. not. Those kinds of things. So you know, we maybe should- maybe I guess. But also, if it's Zoom, well, unless the people get spammed on Zoom, maybe if Zoom is like, join the Zoom room, join this contest. No, but it's an email from our email address. It's not from oh. no you're right no you're right it's coming yeah because it's linked to the email anyway very very riveting conversation very riveting as well just improvising the hell out of everything <laughs> she, it's funny she says trying to find the email i'll just say search oh my god it's funny just search getting it's from getting juicy right oh yeah for sure juicy at gmail.com <laughs> i love that i love that and again it, this is what's also kind of kind of funny is that like when you have like your personal connections and your friends and stuff it's a little it's still casual but it's even more casual because like oh yeah just find this it's not as if we have someone that we've never met that lives in another like i did send that email then all the information was in there there she is hello shayla hi how are you Good, how are you? Sorry, I'm just gonna put my phone on um the, the tripod I have. Yes, um, of course. How are you? How oh are you? So good. My I knew you were gorgeous my entire life I've known you, but my god have you grown up, girl. Oh you're so sweet. Oh, you're so sweet. Stop it. <laughs> no, I won't stop it. We were just we Oh my god, I love the light fixtures and everything too. Look oh, at thank that. you. I'm like struggling to grab my phone out of my phone case. It's okay. I'll just leave it on. That is so funny. I love it. Okay. Okay. Here we go. All good. Um. Hi, Rachel. You're now. You're upside down, or you're uh. You're sideways. Sideways. Okay. This way. Here. Okay. <laughs> there you so go. Disrespectful. Okay. Is this okay, you guys? That's great. Okay, sorry about that. No, that's hilarious. <laughs> no, that's perfect. You look, you're framed beautifully. Your knit sweater looks gorgeous. Your necklace oh, is on point. Thank you. <laughs> oh my God. How and, are you? Good, thank you. And hi, Rachel. How are you? Good. It's nice to it's nice to virtually meet you. We were just saying before you hopped on that, um, and we are recording right away because that's our shtick. We kind of do it right when you get on. So just FYI. Oh, okay, great. I hope that kerfuffle is like at least funny. Oh yeah, it's real. <laughs> okay, <laughs> all about the real, the vulnerable. I mean, the amount of people that have seen IG that have been doing IG lives that are like, oh my god, cut out, and then I froze, and then my yeah, like people that are really famous too, all that kind mm-hmm. of. Um, yeah, no, we were just talking about how our our podcast platform, like we started this during the pandemic. So it's not like, like we've here and I've never been in the same room together. We've done all of this by zoom. Cause I'm in Vernon BC and he, oh. 
and then all of our guests. So it's just like, it's been very, it's been interesting. Like how, you know, yeah. a lot of other people that have had podcasts prior to, they've been used to actually like, you know, having someone be there in person. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, of course. I mean, this is the new normal for now, but I feel like all of this will be over soon. Um, I've already had like four or five clients that have had the vaccine, which is really exciting. Um, and everyone that they know, cause they work at, in healthcare, right? So they've like, everyone that they, they work with have, has already had it too. So we're on our way. Then they're like, once we get through this, like it's going to be gone so fast. Mm -hmm. Oh. Maybe we can all do this one day in person. Oh my <laughs> god, I would I would love to do that in person. Absolutely. At least you and I can be like in the same space, even if Rachel's in Vernon, so that way you can yeah. be you know, or vice versa. Rachel, you could have a guest in Vernon and I could be here, but definitely. But so Shayna, we were just I was just kind of gushing about you um from oh. high from how you and I first met, which is long enough ago that it was quite a, you know we were still kids basically we were kids we were kids and i was saying that you and i never really got a chance to know each other well but i feel that we always understood and saw another as in a, in a positive way like as the alternative kind of misfits that were kind of just kind of written off not really seen in a way that you know we were taken seriously or with Horrible. credibility it was absolutely dreadful and so i don't want to bring up or bring up or trigger anything in any way at all this is your comfort level by all means no but, i'm happy to speak yeah. and i love telling people what i think so yeah, exactly. there's no problem in that okay yeah. good uh, there's nothing off the table here you can and again you have a brand so like you if you don't want to swear you don't have to swear but like literally say whatever the fuck you want mm -hmm. whatever the fuck i want <laughs> yes okay. exactly yeah so i wanted so i kind of was saying to rachel and whoever ends up listening to our episode this episode when we put it out that you and I met in high school yeah we were in the same grade that we can remember because actually we have a photo of each other from our baseball team we played on the same baseball team right when we were six years old with Jordana yes, yes that's right t-ball and Jordana is my when best we were five <laughs> yes I remember I was just gonna say wait a second there was a t-ball reference too at Dunbar um, at Dunbar Park, yeah, near the yeah. Dunbar Community Center. Oh my God, that's right. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Baseball, yes. like we were, we like we didn't really remember this, and it came to us later in high school. Like, wait, oh yeah, that's right. We were a part of the same a long time ago. Yes. Um, but like, we it, it's so it's such a vague memory. But like, yeah, we reunited and like got to know each other kind of in high school again. Yeah. Yes, a little bit, and also because I have to mention the T-ball thing. It's just funny. I. I think, okay, there was a woman, a girl named Sam Feldman, who is an absolute yep. angel. Like she is one of like the yep. divine, divine lights. I've in seen our her community. recently. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We need to talk about that off camera. Um, <laughs> okay. But anyway, so she, I remember, cause we connected a little bit through the yoga community. She was a, a member at. She's lovely. And yeah. so I remember I used to be called the kissy boy. Yeah. <laughs> And I literally, at five years old, would run around when we weren't on the field. I would chase after Sam specifically, I think, and try to kiss her. Oh, I bet she secretly loved it. <laughs> I think she secretly loved it. And now look what she's got. She's got a flaming, a flaming unicorn. So, um, yeah. but yeah, I was definitely, it's funny. So that, that is one funny little memory that I just remembered. But I want to turn it over to you um, to okay. introduce yourself a little bit. And then we can kind of go back in time. But who are you? What are you doing now? What do you want our viewers to initially know about yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um, so my name is Shana. I own Voila Lounge, which is 
uh, hair and makeup studio. Um, and also I do lash lifts. You may lash lifts in particular, which is the safest brand of lash lifts and as well as brow lamination, which is a new thing that I'm freaking obsessed with, which is the best thing ever. And, um, uh, it's, we do makeup, hair, lashes. Um, we do it for weddings, maintenance with the lashes, events, um, headshots. I do a lot of photography as well. Um, just anything you want, um, a night out with your girlfriend. I've been doing that zoom meetings. I've been doing makeup for people with zoom meetings or zoom birthday parties actually recently. So it's even translated to that. Um, yeah, it's really cool. I was going to ask you how that's how your business is translated because of, you know, yeah. well, when we initially, um, shut down in quarantine mid-March, I was really, really busy up until then. And which I think people knew things are shutting down. Let's, let's make sure I got my maintenance on. Um, then immediately I'm like, okay, shit's going to get real. Let's see what I can do. I started selling products at that point. Um, let me grab my eye envy. It mm. is, um, Oh, I've heard of that. A, yes. It's a lash growth serum. So I started selling this as well as nourishing serums for the lash lifts. Um, this is freaking amazing. It, um, I mean, I had one spot in one of my lashes that was just shorter than the rest of my lashes, just naturally. I would just use it on that area alone. And then that area alone got longer than the rest. So I had to even it out. So Whoa. it definitely works. So I was skeptical, but it's amazing. And I sell a lot of these now. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I went from services to now products, which is great because I'm still selling the products as well as now able to do the services too. Um, and what else? Um, oh, I was doing a lot of daily. Okay. So in terms of quarantine, what I would do to fill up my daily activities, besides trying to figure this stuff out, I was doing online zoom makeup lessons, but not zoom. Well, yeah, zoom. I was doing like personal makeup lessons and I was doing a, most of the time was doing, um, live makeup lessons on Instagram, IG lives. Yeah. Oh. And that was really fun. It was really, really fun. Um, I was talking about my business as well. So it wasn't just like makeup lessons. Um, I would do like one day would be like, okay, here, I'm going to talk about, um, you know, my favorite tanning lotion or how I got started in this and, um, things like that. So it was really fun. Um, I do feel a bit of a disconnect from that time though. Like I, I wish I was doing more IG lives and things like that because there's weeks now where it's like busy, 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 but I do have a bit more time relatively speaking prior to, to COVID. Mm -hmm. So yeah. yeah, people are still like, I mean, if you did have the time to do even a short IG live, I think lots of people are still Watch. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, totally. So I, I would like to get back to doing that as well. Cause I just found it so much fun. It, I just found it and it like gave me some schedule. Like I would write out each day what I was going to do. So it was a lot of fun and I've connected with so many more people just by doing that. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For you. Cause I know, um, as a makeup artist, were you mm -hmm. in the industry at all in Vancouver? Like that was something that I was curious about just, or what were you doing makeup for? Four before. Four. Yeah, sure. So my biggest thing was doing 
when I first started, so I started this when I was 20. So, and I'm 28 now, so eight years ago. Um, I got in with a few established photographers in Vancouver that did a lot of headshots. And headshots are huge in Vancouver. Um, yeah, because there's a ton of actors, ton of acting schools. They all, a headshot is a resume, right? Also, not just actors, anyone. Um, you know, a lot of corporate portraits, uh, photos for your LinkedIn um, for like, lawyers uh realtors etc so yeah um, a lot of those um i never went into film i just know me and the hours when it comes to the film industry just i don't know if i could do that although i'm sure it's a magical thing when it's such a big project and all the people get involved and it turns into something i i i'm sure it's great but i haven't done that yeah those are those would be very long hours yeah and then, and then once I got my network, um, I grew and it's honestly a word of mouth is the best thing ever. So I got a lot of referrals for weddings. Um, in 2016, I got listed as top 20 makeup artists, um, on Narcity magazine. Um, and I think that was just the person found me, I think strictly through my Instagram. Um, they were, I would hashtag Vancouver makeup artists all the time so um they found me there and I think that mine just popped up and um they they listed me and it was great I got so many referrals and I did work really 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 hard on my Instagram at that time um so it paid off and that got me a bunch of weddings and then again word of mouth so I was doing that events um grads such a sweet time of year I I love that um it's fun. yeah it's funny that you mentioned hashtags because we were chatting about you know how to get noticed on Instagram yeah. with hashtags yeah. and then just like you know we'll, we'll have a conversation here and I were like how did this guy find our page and now he's liking us and he has mm -hmm. thousands of followers and you know he's got an awesome message that he's that he's uh portraying and I, I was just saying like it's probably from one of the hashtags and how they're you know it's not just about what you do with your passion but like how how are you um, infiltrating that into your marketing? And I mean, that's a whole, like you said, you, you would do IG lives and you would talk about makeup, but you also talk about how to run your business, how to be. How I started it. Yeah. yeah so I was, I mean, I, when I was post, especially even to this day in, in the beginning, I, I wasn't just posting hashtag Vancouver makeup artist. It was hashtagging Vancouver photographer, hashtag Vancouver wedding planner, hashtag Vancouver um, model, whatever. Um, mm -hmm. Like people that would also compliment me. So those people that like might need a makeup artist as well would see it if they looked up, you know, things that had to do with them. So, I mean, it wasn't just about me it was other reach it was it's another way to reach out to other networks that compliment you yes um and also i mean vancouver is this is what i say to people vancouver is the size it's you know when i first started people would be like oh, when are you moving to toronto because so many makeup artists freelance makeup artists moved to toronto because there's such a it's just you get a lot of work there apparently they kill it over there um vancouver's a lot smaller but the thing is about the size of vancouver it's i actually have seen it as a really good thing because as as long as you're good at what you do and work really hard to put yourself out there there's nothing holding you back from making a name for yourself eventually that's what it will turn into um and 
it would mean something different to make a name for yourself if you were in a place like Toronto or LA or New York where population is just so massive. So, I mean, there's photographers and, you know, people that I looked up to for like five years and I'm like, oh my God, I, I have some emails and they're like, well, you know, we've been, I've been working for like 15 plus years. I don't want to work with someone who has like a less than five years experience. And I got to that five-year mark and everything started happening. Huh. Um, yeah. So the photographer, like there's a list of, you know, people that I wanted to work with that I made when I was like 21 and I've accomplished all of them. It's been really cool. Amazing though. And you make a good yeah. point about the five-year mark because I don't know yeah. if, Rachel, if Rachel can attest to this, but when you start doing something, you know, your first year, you're really kind of just getting into it. You're brand new. Your second year, you have a sense of kind of what you're doing, but you're still figuring it out. Your third year, you're kind of in the swing of it. You got a sense of a name, a bit of a platform, a client base, let's say people know of who you are. And then when you hit that five-year mark, yeah, you're still new, but you're experienced and you've seen, hopefully seen a lot. And you people start to take you a little more seriously because they see you haven't quit, you haven't failed, you haven't um, stopped doing what you're doing and that they know you're in it for the long haul. Well, especially, yeah, that, that's that's true. I just, just to chime in for a second, because I... Yeah. A very small um I say I'm like downplaying I had a I had a small yoga studio in North Vancouver for a few years and you know I I only owned it for a couple of years because it just just speaking of brick and mortar like the first year like you are gonna lose money you know you don't you can't there's no like shiny way around saying that it's gonna take a couple of years just to break even Right. So you're right about that five-year mark. Like you got to give it that time. Otherwise, you know, for me, it just broke me down mentally speaking. And it was just, it was just very, it was too, it was a little too tough for my blood, especially when it came to brick and mortar. But yeah, that five-year mark, like you got to, and you just, you can't expect an overnight success. I mean, that is such a, such a rarity. And I think people Mm -hmm. expect that sometimes when it comes to social media nowadays, you know? Yeah. And the thing is now, especially, sorry, if I interrupted you, um, the algorithm has changed so much and it's made it so much harder compared to when I started this. Like I could, I, cause I've had a business account for a while now they've changed it. So business accounts, like the only way you can really get seen the way you used to be was, um, is if you pay for sponsored ads, They've really, really buckled down. It's not like a question of, of like who can put things out there, but really of who can be seen now because of how the algorithm really is. And they've made it so much harder. It's It used to be all just chronological order. Whoever you follow and whoever's posted the most recent, you'd see it in that order. Not no more. It is all just, you know, it's the way it's another way of capitalism keeping the lower people low and the higher people high and that's how it is and you know i've heard from people because i've talked to some people who specialize in this sponsored ads they work but only about to the point where you spend about seven hundred dollars for a lot of people starting business in vancouver you got to put everything you have into it like a lot of people just most people don't have seven hundred dollars sitting around like that's just not real you know so Um, you gotta, it takes time, but, um, at the end of the day, I do always want to tell people word of mouth is the best thing. So yes, I mean, this can feel like a little bit defeating knowing the algorithm, but, um, it's like, you know, it's a new thing for you, but like, there's still ways around it. Okay. You can still work really hard and, and get it yourself and 
yeah, the more people you meet, the more people you know, um, is, is what draws you to business at the end of the day. Yeah. And you're right though, because word of mouth is the oldest form of communication. It's also the most authentic and it's the most memorable Mm -hmm. because there's an energetic exchange of actually investing into someone that you meet. And even if they never talk to you again, if they follow you in person in that moment, oh, here's my account, follow me, because Instagram accounts are the new business card, for example, then at least someone else sees that that person followed you. Then it can start a little trickle and then they can see this, you know, like there's so many things with the algorithms you just spoke about that Rachel and I are starting to understand just the complexities of building a digital brand, right? Like this, it's very, very consuming of time. And with during a pandemic, it doesn't give as much opportunity to uh, connect to people face to face in person. And it's almost, I mean, it's almost even harder because now, because everyone's going online, Right. So businesses, you know, the so, so competing for ad space is crazy. Like it's absolutely crazy, especially like over the Christmas holidays and those kinds of things. Like people yeah. who, whom, you know, would spend a certain amount of money on their advertisements like a year prior that do spend up way upwards of 700, way more than that, um, like thousands and thousands of dollars a month now had to spend even more money because there's that much more competition, especially with, with e-commerce, yeah. those kinds of businesses. Right. So yeah, no, it's it's absolutely crazy, mind-boggling. I want to know, um, Shana, what drew you to what you do? So now we'll we'll get a little bit more into like, you know, the the Shana maybe from Aww. the kid, and you are Jewish, correct? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. It's funny because people, some people will see our see see our podcasting. You do not have to be Jewish to be on our show. We talk to, yeah. me, but. <laughs> Do you just happen to have guests that also are Jewish or Jewish or yeah. <laughs> if you want to say it? So yeah, just tell maybe tell us a little bit more about um, inspirations or how you came to do what you're doing. Sure. So I've always loved makeup. It was always a hobby of mine. Um, in fact, I loved it so much. I mean, I felt pretty um, misunderstood when I was really little, like, you know, age of adolescence, um, because I loved it so much that people kind of, people saw me wearing it, people saw that I was so drawn to it, wanting to play with it, blah, 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 um, that I think people thought that I was trying to be inappropriate because there's this notion that young girls should should not wear too much makeup. Um, you know, keep them looking young. Which, and the thing is, because I developed so young, it's an easy thing. Like when I do makeup for 16 year old girls, I have to be so careful about making sure that they still look 16 and not 20, because it's easy to do that for, you know, uh, um, uh, teenage girls. Um, so anyways, people like, I feel like my, my, so my, my parents and my teachers like hated me sometimes because I was just so drawn to it. But the fact is like, there was no difference for me having this attraction to playing with these pigments, um, than me playing with pigments that go on a piece of paper. It like, I just enjoyed the process of doing it. It wasn't, I wasn't trying to be inappropriate. It was just, I, it wasn't the result. It was the process of that I really liked. Um, so I always loved it. It was always a hobby of mine. I never thought I would end up being a professional makeup artist because as you guys might relate to, I grew up in the Jewish community and it's not just the Jewish. I'm sure lots of among very, so many cultures can relate. You know, you're expected to be 
a doctor, lawyer, business executive, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and you don't yeah. go to McGill or UBC uh, to learn how to be a makeup artist. You just don't. So, <laughs> yeah. um, I, um, so what happened was how I actually did end up going to makeup school, which was basically just an, a networking tool for me because I had pretty, by that time I, I was pretty much self-taught. Um, my mom entered my name into a draw for, um, a scholarship to the makeup school I ended up going to, and I won it. I was 20 years old at this time. Uh, yeah, I was, I was 19, about to be 20. Um, and I was studying psychology at Langara, going to SFU, about to go to SFU for that, because again, this is what I was taught to do. I was trying to figure out, I can do people. So I'll be a clinical counselor. I was studying psychology for that. Um, and it's an academic again, which I was felt expected to do. Um, but my mom, on the other hand, was incredibly supportive. And like, um, I didn't really, it's weird because I felt what I'm talking about is more from society, not from my own mom. And she's very unique that way as a Jewish mother. But I think she just knew me so well that, you know, she wanted to be sure that I would be good at what I was going to study or try and pursue and the thing is academics is so so um competitive and you know you just you gotta be and the thing is I'm such a I'm a kinesthetic learner naturally yeah. I'm such a hands-on learner and that's where I excel um I have I feel like I had to work a lot harder to get the same grades than a lot of the students around me um so I ended up going to makeup school. Um, I won that scholarship. I didn't think much of it. And before I knew it, I signed a contract for a year long course in makeup. And I learned not just beauty. Um, I learned special effects as well. So that was, that was fun. But um, beauty is what I was self-taught in. And so that's what I excelled um, in as well. And um, I ended up, my first gigs were like, a lot of the moms I used to babysit for, there was a posse of these moms that were all best friends in my building that I lived in and I would babysit their kids and they would all go out together. So eventually I ended up doing all their makeup together and then taking care of their kids. So I was like doing a makeup babysitting business yes. <laughs> and I actually made a killing doing that too. That was oh awesome. Like, I mean, for myself at the time at 19, I was like 500 bucks. Oh my God, I'm rich. Like that was, yeah. that was really cool. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, but I mean, eventually I reached out and, um, I used Instagram. I got Instagram midway through makeup school and that was the beginning of it. Really. I really got on early and, um, I started, I was leaving comments on I would look up hashtag Vancouver photographer, hashtag Vancouver wedding planner, blah, blah, blah. These people, hashtag Vancouver model and look at, try and look at people with huge followings who seemed really popular. Um, and I would, this is even before DMs existed. You'd have to comment yeah. on people's and I would comment, be like, Hey, if you ever need a talented makeup artist, um, please let me know I'm around. And hopefully like in my mind, I'm like, hopefully like I can get them to give me a kit fee, um, just to pay for the products, my makeup kit. So I can actually like afford to replace the one foundation that I'm about to run out of. Um, <laughs> so I don't have to get like a retail job at Sephora that pays $13 an hour that yeah. I'm paying like $20,000 for this course for. Like I, I would make more money wearing a low cut shirt serving as a waitress, you know, right. Right. I, I, I never ended up doing retail, even though 
makeup school really encourages you to, which I don't get, because again, there's another way of keeping the poor, poor and the rich, rich, because you make them take out these massive student loans and to, I mean, it's to just have a really shitty retail job. It doesn't make any sense. Anyways, I'm going on tangents here, but (laughs) I can, I, um, so that's how I got started. And, and then, so, um, and then, oh, okay. So there was this one, one of my makeup teachers, she was like, Hey, there's a volunteer opportunity at a runway show tonight for a fundraiser. I did uh, makeup that night and I met a girl. Her name's Heidi Guai. You can still look her up. I've known her since the beginning and I met her and I, she got my contact info that girl. And then she, um, we added each other on Facebook a couple weeks later. She made a post being like, Hey, I'm looking for people who can help with this collab. I, I ended up, um, showing up there. I met several photographers there. Then I met, um, a photographer. Anyways, it was like a like series of only about three or four, um, volunteer jobs yeah. that got me in with an established photographer. His name's Ian Red. Um, owner of Vancouver Headshots so he's easy to look up and um, a model that I met was like can you do makeup for my headshots while I can afford $25 to pay you and I was like okay I'll be there and ever since then that photographer has called me I used to be his in-house makeup artist I got too busy for him and um, I'll he'll let me know once in a while like oh my makeup artist can't come this day can you come so um, yeah that was like my first shot it was it was again just a matter of time if you're really good you put yourself out there it you will get um called back eventually even if you like I hate to encourage people to work for free but like if it's something you know and you're just in the beginning and also another thing is to be fair I was 20 years old I lived at home still um I could afford to do things for free too so I mean to open it wasn't like I was opening up a storefront you know as an older person like I don't know not older but like you know as a mature adult and like was like I need to live off this now Mm -hmm. um it was I I started really young Mm-hmm. Well, For sure, yeah. and I can, and I, and I, can, and I can speak to that a little bit because when I was uh, starting to teach yoga, my first nine months of teaching, which was over two hundred hours of my time, was all volunteer, and I yes. got the experience that I needed to yes. realize what else do am I missing to f- kind of even out my skill set, and then eventually the name of your brand, your teaching, your style gets out there and people want to hire or interview, audition, or at least refer you. And that's also how I actually met Rachel, which we talked about in other episodes. So again, that's another example that had those intentions of putting it out there from your passion for something, your love for a craft you want to refine long-term it brings the word of mouth back together in the marketing from your services. And that's exactly an example of what you just described. And that's really powerful. It's it's interesting though, because like, and Shana, you're talking about, you know, you go through school and they're encouraging you to work retail first or get into these. Well, it's similar to being a yoga teacher because I remember, I think maybe people still do this during training, but during training, they're like, okay, now we'll talk to you about the business of being a yoga teacher. Okay. Hours later. Well, yeah, first of all, it was like the shortest um, portion of the whole thing. But what my point is that you spend like thousands of dollars and they're like, yeah, so um, the first, I don't know how many hours or years you're gonna have to work for free. You're gonna have to put yourself volunteer. It's all like karma, teaching karma. Yeah. 
like, fuck, I'm, I'm sorry, but like you live in an expensive city in Vancouver. You can't like, if, if you want to, if you want us to put all this money out in order to like spread the message and be yoga teachers and actually use this as like even a part-time career or a part-time job, I can't work for free. Like, it's just, I mean, I understand the sentiment behind it and I understand like where it's come from the lineage and how, you know, yoga was not necessarily meant to be um, a monetary um, career path. That's not really, but that's just the way it's become. Right. So it's interesting how, you know, I just wanted to say there's something it's funny because we're talking to you and I, I'm someone who's like, so the opposite from you. I hardly wear makeup. I've never been. (laughs) Don't worry. Don't worry. I'm not worried, but I, if this, this is actually something, this could be an interesting conversation to have. Like I was just thinking to myself, I think like even in high school and my whole adult life, I always thought that being a woman, we're taught that being a woman is to look pretty, to wear makeup. And this, I'm just talking like, this is a conversation. Yeah. Have, yeah, right? yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Talk, talk. I want to hear, I want to listen. <laughs> and some, sometimes I do still feel like that, especially like looking at, you know, Instagram and all these things. And I'm like, I- I'm not wearing enough makeup. I'm not, you know, a God, like I gotta get my eyebrows done. Like I don't do any of those things. Uh, That's okay though. I I have so much to say because honestly, I look at people who went through all those, like, since I was, I remember in makeup school, I first started noticing and I was like, okay, the students that say that they've never, like, they never got their face wax, they've never um, got, wore makeup, like, their skin still looks like they're 12. So what I usually say to people when they come to me and they're like, I never wear makeup, I don't know what to do. I'm like, girl, like, you are doing, your skin will thank you later. And when I don't work, I don't wear makeup. I let my skin breathe. Um, in my industry, like, I I feel so free when I don't have to wear makeup now. So, I mean, of course, it's been a passion that I, like, have just I did have an innate love for because I liked the process of it. But honestly, your skin will thank you later. Um, and I now more than ever appreciate having a fresh set of, of a face, you know, without anything on it. There's no worse feeling than having to take it off at night. And all you want to do is go to sleep, but you have to do this first. And it feels like so much work. There's no, there's no worse feeling than waking up accidentally falling asleep in this. Um, like things like that. It's the best feeling not wearing makeup, honestly, on a lot of levels too. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think what I was getting at more is like who, you know, who told us in society that women, yeah. you know, it's like, you know, wear makeup. Cause that's, that's feminine. And that's, that's how, you know, a woman should look or how a woman should be. Yes. And, you know, still from like magazine culture with models, like back, like many, many years ago, I still, I kind of still feel like it's still kind of like that. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, I, I guess sometimes I have like a, like I come up against a wall being like, yeah, maybe I could wear makeup, but I'm going to be like, not like an anarchist, <laughs> be like against, I kind of want to be against it. Cause I don't want to fall into the, the habit of conformity, right? Exactly. Conforming into mm-hmm. the feminine way of 
Yeah, girl, you do you. I mean, I would never say anything other than that. My Whenever I do makeup on people who say they never wear makeup, I'm like, okay, let's make you feel like you. Maybe just like slightly more refined, like if it's for headshots or something. Um, but uh, to carry on to your point, like I completely agree. It's kind of crazy. I feel like women just like are in this huge predicament um, because you can't, like you're in a catch 22 like i was told you're wearing too much makeup you know and you're you feel like you you've you know been like you're not wearing enough like you know and it's there's like another thing of you know in the um you know with weight like oh she's too skinny oh no now she's too fat like it, it's it kind of goes across you know it's just it's hard to be perfect and and i think there's a big expectation without about being perfect Mm -hmm. You know, there's, and there's so many shoulds and shouldn'ts, especially mm -hmm. for a woman like, oh, just sit and look pretty. Don't say anything. Blah, blah, blah. Right. You know, yes. just Absolutely. be perfect. That's, yeah. And that's just like the, you know, not just conformity, but what the conventional, like, uh, we just had someone on Tim, Tim Bang was talking about what's, what's the conventional gay look like? What does that, what does that mean? Mm -hmm. And then he was like, you know, people always thought of, I guess, um, I don't know, a white male with like, what did he say that looks good with his shirt off? It looks good. Right. And like, yes. what is, what is a female like in quotations look like? And we're just, we're really into this whole um, idea now of uh, what I love is that like what you just said, Shana, you do you, everyone's mm -hmm. got their thing. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I love that now, like non-binary, like everyone can just yeah. hopefully be themselves and do themselves. Yeah. And, and if they want to be more feminine, awesome. If they don't, awesome. Like, and also to, to further your point also is uh, neutrality and also unlearning, non-assuming. And we are all accountable for that. Yeah, I agree. Doing the work, or if you don't want to do the work, then just assume in the sense of that everyone is neutral. And if they're yeah. not neutral, then you apologize and then you ask to be educated. Yes. Say, you know, I don't know much about this. I would love it if you told me, though. Help me understand yeah. to to relate to, to relate more effectively and on the same on a on a more equal wavelength. Yeah. Yeah. Humility. You know, be a student. You know, like one example is that you know I started um, a retail job four months ago when we started the podcast as well, and now, and I'm also in a leadership position. And so, having new people to bring in now and to be around them, and I, the first thing I'll say to them is, "You have as much to teach me as much as I can pass down to you." And these individuals are well. It's a retail job, right? So a lot of retail people start when they're out of high school or they're um, in early university, if that's their path, or they're just going into the workforce. And it's interesting to hear them say, "What do I have to teach you?" Mm. And I said, "Everything." There you go. I like right? that. And yeah, uh, and it just creates um, a landscape for people to realize that. And again, that's that's the yoga practice of you're always a student, you're a teacher, but you're a strongest student when you have the ability to be humble and receptive and then to know that you might know some other things. But it doesn't mean you're more superior to that person. It just means that there are certain guidelines that maybe you might be responsible for and that your counterpart is helping assist you with other things. But that doesn't mean that they're above or below you, though. And I, and I also love actually, cause Shana was talking about like, you know, how growing up, um, oh, you're, 
you know, you shouldn't be, you're wearing too much makeup and you're just a little girl and blah, blah, blah. But I like how you didn't actually say this, but what I was thinking is that you, you use it. This is your canvas too. It's art. It's self-expression. There's no difference. Exactly. And I, I love looking at, because don't get me wrong. Like I would love to get some awesome professional new headshots done (laughs) a little bit with me. Don't get me wrong. Like there is um, a lift in the spirits or in confidence when we do, um, I guess, express the maybe the best form of ourselves what we think inside of ourselves to to, I don't know what I'm trying to say Mm -hmm. no I I get it um I mean I I can the most uh, rewarding part of my job is seeing people's demeanor change once they get out of my chair and they're like whoa I look different oh I like looking different but like I still look like myself what's happening it's like I Because what I do is so subtle. I mean, this is a lot. I usually don't go this crazy. Um, it's, it's. I think the most talented makeup artists are the ones that can do um, the most with the littlest amount. And yes. that's been my thing is like you, it's not just about looking good in, um, you know, with filters and with lighting and things like that. It's about also looking good feel feeling good when you look in the mirror in person as well because a lot of the makeup that we see right now is is designed for lighting and it's designed like bright lights like filters all those things um yeah and it's that's just you can do both like you have the ability to make it look good for both situations yeah Um, and a lot of people are taught just right now especially just to design your face for you know the filters you're right and and this is changing i think this is changing a lot based on what we talked about but i want to ask and do you learn about this and i mean this may not relate just to mua just but just the human genetics but because of i guess because of like hormones or chromosomes like things like that on a molecular level Men, unless if they have maybe more estrogen in their body, they're naturally more effeminate in their complexion and things like that, or their bone structure. To a so-called cisgendered male, our skin is usually a little bit more rougher, not as delicate, right? Like there are, it, like you know what I'm getting at. Like, is there something mm-hmm. scientific about that that might have inspired for more cisgendered anatomically born women? to then have the pressure societally like to wear makeup to preserve youth or to not look like they're aging. Like, I'm curious to know about or this shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, do they talk about that at all in school or have you done any research in that way and the psychology behind that, the societal? That's a really pressure? good question. Um, okay. So I feel like maybe this is something like, am I, I'm beneath this question. I don't know. Okay. So um, it's, just to understand your question, are you talking about like um, the skin tends to be different um, for cisgen- cisgendered male? Like, is that an actual thing? I don't even know. Well, what I, I guess what I mean though is like if you were to take a so-called neutrally born male, neutrally born female, and they have yeah. so-called like what science portrays us to apparently be born like, and our skin mm-hmm. develops. Yeah. I think, sorry, sorry to shake my head, but I think, I, I think it depends on your, uh, your ethnicity though, too, Hero. It's yeah. Not- yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not, I'm not discrediting the, the ethnic part, but I'm just wondering like if someone has more of a male, like 
I don't know, like male chromosomes or whatever in their body, like, is it a, is that, is that related to the firmness of our skin or the, um, I mean, yes. Like, I mean, if you feel my forearm, it's probably softer than your forearm. Um, you know, um, I think a lot of it has to do with, um, just your environment too, the way you self care. Like there's so many years that goes into skin, um, of, you know how much there's can be a lot of environmental insults um just your genetics in general um i think when it comes to like body skin guys are lucky because they don't get much cellulite if any right so the like when i always i'm always like in awe when i see um you know, when I go to drag shows and I'm like, oh my God, your legs are so smooth. Like I'm right. <laughs> jealous. Right. Right. <laughs> um, but I mean, it really depends on the person, like individually, um, gender could have a role in it. Um, um, but it might also just depend on, it's just so many factors with skin. It's hard that's to point. pinpoint. Yeah. Like I'm not, yeah. that's why I'm not the, not the backpedal or anything like that, but that's why I'm saying it open-endedly kind of as a yeah. loose train of thought. It's like, I wonder where the pressure of how women are, again, we talked about this a little bit already, but why females wearing makeup is a very early embedded thing about wanting to look pretty or to at least uh, shift our perspective of how we're perceived and with males it's more not really maybe for acne care skin care yes but not in terms of the the beautification of right our appearance right like it, right. there's a and our beards you know like this took forever to grow and i can't stand it but my point is is that like our beard as men is kind of our makeup like you know you could have mm-hmm. someone that doesn't give a crap about his skin and all those things or how their appearance but they usually will always care about their beard mm-hmm. whether if it's growing mm-hmm. it out or if it's trimming it the shape and frame their face like that's one cardinal thing that men really connect to is their facial yeah yeah absolutely i mean um i've seen guys with stubble that (laughs) freaking like um contour their face perfectly i'm like wow you're getting it like right in the cheekbones like only there i'm like and then right here too it's like contouring your face perfectly (laughs) um um, and then there's some guys that just don't ever grow (laughs) a lot of facial hair my boyfriend is like that (laughs) yeah so um but yeah no he'd be really jealous of you actually (laughs) really yeah. Well, if he wants He's to take like, all these, if he wants to take all my pubes off my face, he can do yeah. it happily. Because I honestly have never wanted to have body hair. And the moment I started growing mm-hmm. hair on my body and on my face, I was not resentful, but I was like, oh, fuck. Thanks a well, lot. Yeah. I think you look handsome, though. Well, thank you. Yeah. I've grown to appreciate it. For yeah. Sure. Signature hero. Like you're that, the stubble, and I like it. And yeah. Uh, no, it's good. This is purely a selfish question for myself. <laughs> That's okay. Skincare. So for women like myself who are, I'm, I'm not, I'm not in the menopausal age bracket hero. Cause he, we were talking, he, he, he tends to bring up. Why the- would you even imply that? That is so rude hero. It's so rude because he, cause every time I talk about like sweating, he's like, Oh, is that a hot flash? I'm like, fuck off. Like, <laughs> Because we've had mothers that have gone through it. That's the only reference we know. Thank you. I know, but I like, I like jabbing them with that. Um, what is your favorite uh, foundation or something for own sure. specifically? So for mine's really hormonal. And what is something that you can recommend that's 
Yeah. Okay. You've got something or. Okay. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, so it's a local paraben free cruelty free company. It's called Sappho. Um, S A P P H O. They are amazing. I've never not, I've never had a foundation that I didn't break out in because I've got oily combination skin. Um, I've had cystic acne grade four cystic acne, which is the worst grade that you could ever have. Um, I've had that and like, it, it was the worst thing I've ever experienced and it's all gone ever since I started using this foundation, which is crazy. Cause it's usually like skincare. Um, but I used to use Mac cause foundation. So if you're prone to don't use Mac foundation, use their concealer. The concealer is okay, but not their foundation. So, um, yeah. P H O, uh, double P's S A P P H O, um, cosmetics. Yeah. Thanks. Okay. You're welcome. Amazing. Amazing. That's so great. Rachel, yeah. like, see, like, this is why we need to have such incredible people on our show. And Shayna is no exception to that. What I want actually, sorry, hold on, Rachel, go on to my Instagram, I can give it to you. Um, I have a link in my bio for like a list of like your skin type too, uh, like skin tones, because we have a similar skin tone coloring, I think. Um, that would be good. Yeah, oh my God, perfect. I, said, yeah. I love that. Is it the Jews in us? Look, I don't know why I'm doing this. <laughs> we can all do it. <laughs> but Shayna, what I first of all, thank you for assisting Rachel with that. Yeah. Um, what I what I what I wanted to touch on also is kind of pulling it back because I don't know how we've already come up to an hour, which is always a great sign of a conversation that's just naturally real. Yeah. You know? But I wanted to know a little bit more about your journey through um i mean it could even be as early as preschool kindergarten elementary high school like talk a little bit about that and it doesn't have to be from the makeup perspective but mm -hmm. about who you are and how you evolved from that to become who you are now that's such a huge question um well i, I went to um I, we may have went to the same preschool. I went to the JCC, what do I do before I'm two, with Jordana. Yeah. That's her and I were inseparable. Oh my God. We were in the same grade. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Jordana, a hero's cousin and I were in the same class and inseparable, like even for years after that. Um, and then, um, and then I went to Shaughnessy elementary um, and I was there and up until I was in grade Four, the end of grade four. Then I moved um, to uh, Langley with my dad and I finished elementary school there. Um, this is the not Jewish side. And then um, halfway through grade seven, I ended up going back to Vancouver with my mom and I finished my um, grade seven at Emily Carr Elementary, um, and which was the same school that she graduated grade seven from, which was cute because our grade seven photos are like directly across from each other uh, on the hall, which is pretty oh, cute. Wow. Yeah, it's really cute. And then um, went to King David, a Jewish private school um, in Vancouver on 41st and Oak. So between Oak and Canby. Um, yeah. And, and that was interesting. I decided to go there. That was my decision because I had actually, there was, a, I moved a few times, like a couple small times more, uh, in the year of grade seven. Um, it was a difficult year and just traveling between parents and moving houses and things like that. I ended up going to three different schools in that year. Mm -hmm. Um, and I know what it's, and it was all local. So, um, I know what it's like to 
I know what it's like to make friends here and having to do that, especially in the worst year, like of like how awkward of an age could you be at 12 to have to do that? And so I'm making friends in Vancouver is really hard. So, and I think I'm like, I feel like you need to know someone for seven to 10 years until you're invited over to their house. Um, and I feel like I'm different in that way because I went through that. Um, I decided after that experience to go to King David because, um, because I was like, at least I know some kids at King David because I went to the Jewish summer camp. Some kids I knew there, the preschool I knew from, I knew kids from there. Like I did grow up here at like bits and pieces at throughout the Jewish community. So I'm like, okay, it's small. I'll get to know people this and, and I know some people already and I'm never going to move schools ever again. So I ended up going there for all five years and there was a lot of ups and downs. Um, grade eight, I think I was good. It was like, relatively speaking, I was the new kid and I did my best to make friends. And, um, I was, it was new. I was like excited and it was a fresh start. I was eager to learn and grade nine was a bit different because, um, you know, I saw some other students, like I, I kept hearing people kids say, oh, like school doesn't matter until grade 12. Like that's the only thing that matters for university. Mm-hmm. And, you know, school was, again, it's not, it hasn't always been easy for me, like academic learning. I'm very much of a hands-on learner and I've always like had a hard time with math and things like that things that most students could get tutors for. However, I did come at this point, I was coming from a single mother. I, I, I did grow up in Shaughnessy, but my parents split. And, um, at that point she was, she went from having a lawyer husband to just working as a court clerk herself. So, um, I went from living in Carysdale to East Van. So it was very, very different though. You wouldn't know, cause I'm going to private school and I'm Jewish. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so, you know, it was easier. Eventually I got to the point where it was just easier to, conv- I was trying to convince myself that I didn't care, you know, about school because I thought it would be easier than trying to care, even though I can't get like the support I probably could. I was in, it was, I was an incredibly underfunded version of myself today mm-hmm. um, is what I really have to say about that. So, I mean, I just, it was, I, I gained so much weight by 17. I was 180 pounds and I'm only five foot four and very petite. I'm, I'm now about 130 pounds. Um, but, you know, at, by grade 11, I had, it just got worse and worse and worse. By grade 11, I had um, 90 absences that year alone. There was a full month where I just didn't show up whatsoever. I was like, people are like, did she die? What's wrong? Um, and I just couldn't get myself out of bed. It was really crazy. And and then at the end of that year, my vice principal said to me, if you can't continue, like, if you continue doing this, you can't come here anymore. And I didn't know what school I was going to go to because like I was living downtown. I'm like, I don't want to move schools again. That was my plan. Like, I just don't want to, I, anyways, so I ended up having to lift my socks up and I did, I did, um, you know, that summer before grade 12, I, I, I went to summer school. I, I did the classes that I needed to catch up on and I got a bike that was I probably paid too much for it at 50 bucks. It didn't even have any gears, but I went every day around the seawall. Um, and it was like 
someone's like, you shouldn't ride that. Like you can't go more than 20 kilometers on it. The brakes like don't even work, but I did anyways. Um, and then I did that every day and I, I lost, um, probably about like 20 or 30 pounds by the time school started in September for grade 12, though no one could really tell because it's already so big. Like it's a lot more obvious when you're a bit smaller. So, um, it wasn't until, and my grades improved. Like I just, I put my head in the books. I actually studied and I was, I realized that working, I was working harder not to work than actually working, mm-hmm. you know, and I didn't gain all that weight. I have to say, I, I didn't gain all that weight because, um, I, I, I gained all that weight because I wasn't happy. I didn't, I wasn't unhappy because of the weight. Like it was, there was a progressive thing there. Um, so, um, anyways, yeah, by, by January of grade 12, I lost about like 40 pounds. Then people were like, Oh, you lost so much weight. You're half of you. Like I lost another 20 pounds by graduation. I went from 180 to 120 that year. Um, and I was, and, and I had grades to get into, I mean, I, gra- I, the fact that I like freaking actually, I went from like failing everything to, you know, actually getting through it and getting grades to get into schools. Like it was pretty wild. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's, and then, so I, I finished, I think I made a good comeback before, right before the end of grade 12. <laughs> no kidding, man. That is yeah. huge. And, and course- everything kept getting better after graduation too. So it was all good. Do you know how rare that is? Like for some, <laughs> no, at that age, like, I don't know what, did you have a mentor? Did you have somebody or did you just, was it purely like. I had to, the, I mean, it's a blessing that I'm not a picky eater. Cause I went from like dousing everything in mayonnaise and cheese to eating, you know, uh, 0% fat Greek yogurt, you know, yeah. or like <laughs> drinking homo milk to, skim or like almond milk you know I'm like I'm, I'm fine with it and I, I went from dipping everything again mayonnaise like I ended up using mustard instead and I I'm like okay I learned that um I couldn't even eat table pepper like black pepper before grade 12 but I I read that you know eating spicy food makes you eat less so I started with mustard and then I went to hot sauce and now I I can't not eat anything with hot sauce so I mean there was things that helped me um but mm-hmm. I think um, just like the, and also the fact that I was 17, I mean, you just got to like, and uh, you're a healthy 17 year old. All you know how to do is just eat healthy and like right. exercise like a normal person and you'll be fine. And the weight melted off. It really did. I was gorging myself with food and I always had stomach problems, which also led to me not being able to go to school. Cause I was like hunching over holding my stomach, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, yeah, it was, it was self-taught. So yeah, I always say like, if you guys are looking for healthy food alternatives, go to the former fat kid because yeah. I got them for you. Well, yeah. And a lot of <laughs> And Josh, you can, I'm sorry, Hero, you can uh, attest to that too, I'm sure. Yeah. Yo, yeah, well, for sure. I mean, and I love that you just slipped that up. And that's fine. Don't feel bad about it. It's funny. Yeah. Uh, whoever's <laughs> listening clearly will be like, oh. Um, but no, like when I, uh, yeah, I was a fat kid too. I was 5'2 um, before I shot up and I was 180, you know, and then when Zach passed away, I got my life handed to me and realized, oh, wow, I need to really take care of myself. And that's when my transformation happened. The difference, though, is that when I came into King David, I lost the weight already because I had been about yeah. doing that for about a year and a half. But 
everybody knew who I was because of my cousin, because of my best friend to this day, who I am so grateful for. And that's Jordana. And, um, and then also, though I'm not the closest with my cousins, I'm not like, we're still obviously in touch frequently. Um, they knew of me from them because of all of the association from Camp Atikva and Camp Miriam and stuff. So when I came in automatically, when I was like, oh, a fresh start. And I, again, like you, I chose to go to King David. Um, and I, and I, I kind of joke and said, I guess the worst choice I've ever made, but at the same time, no, because it informed so much of my life that followed after. So I actually got to say things happen for a reason. And yeah. some of the best, some of the greatest teachers and influencers from those, from that school, when we were there, I'm still in touch with today. Really? Uh -huh. I'm still in touch with Malcolm Crystal, who was our science teacher. Wow. Oh, that's amazing. On Instagram, yeah. And he even saw me walking down Hastings and when he was driving with his wife and he was like, Hero! Malcolm! <laughs> oh. Right? So he's kept in touch with me. Um, I've kept in touch. Actually, I just connected with our art teacher, Wendy Oberlander. She <gasps> saw the Chala Prince episode, which Ida Chabasov. And so she saw me and she's like, oh my God, like he's, he's doing well, you know? So it, yeah, exactly. And then even... Um, someone came into my other job and they work, they work in, in different places, but apparently on their LinkedIn, they are the, they are a volunteer vice president for King David right now, which is really interesting. So I was like, that's, that's fascinating. Um, oh my gosh. So these connections really make such a difference, right? Yeah. And so I can relate to you. Like when I came in, I was like, Oh, you're the gay uh, cousin of so-and-so that lost a brother and this and this and this and that. And so the moment I came in, I was like automatically pinned as the kid that didn't really have a chance to establish himself at all. It was already, mm -hmm. the writing was already on the wall for me. And then I became totally screwed up uh, because of it. And then that's why I also fell into my mental health and my depression with my other personal stuff. Cause I felt like I didn't have a chance and no one took me seriously. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, right. And so not to pin it as you and I, because we had our own stories and journeys, but it was interesting because when you and I met back in high school, I always wanted to connect with you. I always wanted to hang out with oh. you. And I felt horrible because I was like, I'm just trying to figure out, we're just trying to figure our own selves out. So let alone trying to establish those things. And then because it was so genderized in our, in our grade, and there was such a click of every male, every female, it just made it even more challenging. So thank you for that. And I'm glad mm -hmm. that you and I can connect and we can connect together. It really means a lot that we can know that you are doing well. You are a success story and not in like a, in a, like, you know, but like in a triumphant way. Right. And the fact Thank that you're you. established yourself in your beauty, in your industry, in your, in your womanhood, really, like, I mean, it's quite phenomenal. So I just got to gush a little bit about you and say, thank you for seeing me the entire time, but also for us seeing each other and, through social media staying in touch and knowing that we can actually go for coffee that we can actually go for a walk we live really close to each other and yeah thank you for sharing the story your um your transition through high school because that was I think that's a very pivotal it sounds like it's a very pivotal moment for you and I I think it's very inspirational so I I really thank you for sharing that part so yeah so I guess um as we start to wrap it up because I'm I can't I still can't believe what time it is either. Shana, what would you like to share with our audience? Anything, things you're working on now, how people can find you, anything you yeah. want to plug? Well, thank you so much. That's a good idea. Yeah. Um, 
my name is Shana Kumont and I own Voila Lounge and you can find me on my Instagram at Voila Lounge. That is V-O-I-L-A Lounge. Um, some people get that mixed up. My number is 778-840-1902. Um, all that, all that info is on my Instagram. Um, it's all there. Um, give it a follow and DM me and, um, I'm always there for you. If, even if you just want to talk, um, and I'm, I do makeup, hair and lashless, semi lashes and brow laminations. And I'm your one-stop shop. Awesome. And always believe in yourself. Yes. Yeah. Preach. Absolutely. Well, Hero, do you want to ask the final, final question? <laughs> yes. We love to ask these little kind of fun, okay. get to know you questions. And so we always love to ask our guests, if you were a kind of juice as we are getting juicy, Ooh. what kind of juice would you be and why? <laughs> why? I think I would be like a, a Caesar because then you can make it really spicy. And I think I'm quite spicy. I like spice. And always with the bacon, right? What? And always with the bacon, right? It's kosher if it's crispy, right? Yes. <laughs> well said. Well said. Thank yeah. you so much. I can't wait for us to connect in person in the near future. And thank you for your time today and, sh and bringing your light to our podcast. Yes. My pleasure. My pleasure, y'all. Nice to meet you. Thanks. Nice to meet you. Yes. And we'll talk to you soon, all right? Okay, mwah, okay, mwah. Mwah. okay thank bye you, to Shana. both of you. Thank you. Okay, bye.